quite an accolade made here the other day. The Dallas Regional Chamber was named the number one chamber of the year by the Association of Chambers of Commerce Executives. And if you know anything about the chambers, there are a jillion of them. You know, 1,600 chambers. I, I really thought there were 1,600 chambers around in just this area alone. But there are lots of them. And to be number one in a group like that is quite an honor. The uh, president and CEO of the Dallas Regional Chamber is Dale Petrosky, who joins us right now. Congratulations, number one. Well, thank you, Dave. It, it, we are very excited here. Uh, we've known for a long time that we're a different kind of chamber. But uh, to be validated by the, the industry group is was very exciting for us, not I'm excited that our team gets the recognition that they deserve because we have a very talented group of uh, 55 uh, hardworking and, and um, just dedicated people who want to make this community better. Well, and you're a regional chamber, which is different from a lot of the chambers I was alluding to. There are so many of them. And that's a real challenge in an area like this where you have this sort of regional growth. But, I mean, you you do pretty good at celebrating a, a victory, you know, a Fortune 500 company relocating to Irving. I think one of the reasons that the Dallas region has been so successful is that we do have a regional chamber. So I'll give you an example. Let's say we go out and talk to a company in California and they're interested in moving out of there and they, they're interested in the Dallas area. Uh, we really don't care where they land. We as a regional chamber have no dog in the fight. We want them to have the best fit possible. So if they want a campus, we take them up to Plano and Frisco and introduce them to those folks. If they want to be in the tech corridor, we take them to Richardson. If they want to be near the airport, we take them to Irving. They want to be downtown, we take them to the city of Dallas, and we want what's best for them. And I think that's one of the reasons that uh, 200 headquarters have moved here in the last 12 years is because we're not fighting with other people over them. We're trying to find the best fit for them. You know, I, I think about the next 12 years, are you going to have another 200 companies uh, relocate here? There are cha challenges out there. I, you know, I, I read the national press. And there's so much pushback on Texas politics and gay rights and abortion and gun laws and book banning and, you know, the governor banning vaccine mandates and border policies. It's got to be a tougher sell today than it was five years ago. You know, it is. It can be uh, for some companies, but uh, there there are still a lot of companies who are find the Texas uh business climate attractive uh, from a tax standpoint, from a regulation standpoint. And so they've got to balance all those things. But but if you were to look at our pipeline, it's still pretty strong. I mean, we had 30, 30 companies kind of interested in us before the pandemic. Now there are more than 100 interested in us. So yes, uh, there are a lot of currents and cross currents that go with all the politics of the situation. At the same time, it's still a pretty attractive place to do business. You know, I, I'm curious about corporate thought right now because, again, coming out of – well, going into COVID, I mean, companies were saying, don't come in, work from home, we're going to send you phones and, and microphones and cameras and set up there, and we're going to – and now they're saying, no, 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 you got to come back, and they're getting pushback. People don't want to do it. And so I would think that there's some pause about what sort of headquarters do we need how big and where? Yeah, or can you establish your headquarters here but allow people to work from other places? You know, uh, and some companies I think are doing a little bit of that. You know, uh, AECOM moved their headquarters here. 
but they're slowly bringing people here. They're, it's going to be a kind of a long transition. Same with CBRE. CBRE, of course, Bob Solentic was here for a long time anyway, even though the headquarters was technically in Los Angeles. But again, um, will they make people move here or they just can move, can, can work from anywhere, but they establish a headquarters here. So there's a little bit of that going on too. Of course, that kind of goes hand in glove too with, with development. We've seen, golly, we've seen a lot of announcements, especially, you know, right around you in downtown Dallas. There lots of high rises, big buildings in Victory and announced all along Woodall Rogers. I mean, who's going to fill all those places up? Yeah, well, again, I, I think uh, Dallas, the Dallas region is a big place, and some people want to be out in um, the suburbs, and some people want to be downtown. Goldman Sachs is a, is a good example of that, you know, uh, wanting to be downtown, and that's going to be very exciting for this region. The two airports have got to be a, a major selling point, too, I would think. Yeah, and it's not just the airports. The, the, the second busiest airport in the world is DFW now. And from a passenger standpoint, but also from a logistics standpoint. So logistics are big. And right now, biotech, you know, a big selling point for biotech and bringing biotech to a region is, do you have the logistics? And we certainly have the logistics. That's going to help us in the long run, in the short run and the long run. Love Field, of course, is just such a great airport, uh, you know, and, and gives us two great airports. But it's also the location of those airports because a lot of executives of these companies live very close to Love Field or DFW. So uh, that makes it doubly enticing for those companies who want to move here to say, I don't have to go to LAX anymore, which takes two hours. You know, I can roll out of bed and, and, and you know, and get to Love Field pretty easily or get to DFW easily and, and still be home that night and get home pretty easily that night. So. Yeah. That's a quality of life issue for a lot of people. But for the ones that are here and have employees here, a workforce, the availability of a workforce, and I guess more importantly, an educated workforce really becomes important. And this is the the thing. You're right in the middle of all this. You're talking to developers. You're talking to the corporations. But you also talk to, like, you know, high, uh, institutes of higher learning. No question. You know, what we did, a, there's a little-known fact in Texas uh, that, that, North Texas, our area, has more college students than any other area of Texas, has more college graduates than any other area of Texas, uh, and, and more and 75% of them stay here after they graduate. So there's tremendous talent pool. People think of Austin being a, a hotbed of, of education, and it is. Uh, Houston's got a lot of great institutions. But we have more than anybody. You know, we have we have uh, from SMU to TCU to UNT, UTA, UTD, um, Dallas College is a great community college system. Uh, so we have more students here uh, than anywhere else in Texas. And I think that's why when people decide they want to move to Texas, they start looking around. They tend to come to Dallas for a couple of reasons. That's one of them, the talent. The other is that we're more uh, diverse. Our economy is more diverse than most other places in Texas. So. Um, there's a lot of different industries here, and people can move around between those industries in, in terms of work uh, and, and movement uh, easier than other other places. So, and spouses and, and, and significant others can also come. Let's say somebody's working in the banking industry, but their significant other, you know, is working in retail. 
or in the food industry. Well, this is a good place for both of them. And 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 that has been a key ingredient in wooing new corporations here. Is is in many cases wooing the spouses. I I know. So so what are the marching orders going forward? I you're gonna keep recruiting. I mean, you, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, you you're recruiting. But but you really have had a strong initiative throughout COVID with, you know, education and vaccinations and all that sort of thing. What are your marching orders going forward for the next two or three years? Where's the chamber going? You know, economic development is the reason we exist. It's to make this the most prosperous community in America. And and I think we're doing a pretty good job of that, along with the help of a lot of other people. We don't do this work by ourselves, for sure. But in order for that to happen, we need to do well in our schools, you know, from pre-K right through, you know, high school graduation, community college, credentialing people for jobs, even if they don't have a four-year degree, and then four-year degrees in graduate school. So education is really important. Public policy, making sure that our business climate stays strong and welcoming, and we work on that every single day here. And then closing the opportunity gap between those who have a lot and those who don't have as much, because we have one of the wealthiest communities here. We also have one of the poorest communities here. And until we fix that or close that gap, uh, we're not going to reach our full potential. So we will continue to do all those things. But we'll also always have our ear to the ground about what does the community need at the moment? And that's where the vaccine campaign came in. You mentioned it. During, during COVID, we realized that the people hurt the most are communities of color. They were losing their jobs at a higher rate. They were losing their businesses at a higher rate. They were going to the hospital at higher rates. And they were dying at higher rates. So we came up with a game plan to get the word out in those communities and get vaccines to them if they wanted them uh, so that they could be protected. And our goal is to get 600,000 more people in communities of color vaccinated between June and September of last year. In the end, 660,000 more were, were vaccinated. And we were proud of that uh, because that's something that most chambers would never have taken on. By the way, there was no money in our budget for that. We had to go to our board and <laughs> beg our board to to let us dip into our reserves. Well, and I know that was one of the things that the that the association uh, saw, and and one of the reasons that you were elevated one. So quickly, uh, you got to have a convention center and development all around there to sell. Do you think? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it, it, it's a no brainer uh, to redo the uh, K Bailey Hutchison con- Convention Center. It's it's on the ballot in November, but it won't cost anybody who lives here a dime. All, all the money will come from the hotel occupancy tax. So people who come to town, stay in those hotels, get taxed a little bit more, and that's yeah. what's going to pay for the convention center. But, that would be a huge, huge uh, boost for this, uh, this region. And, and that would keep you guys busy for another couple of three years. What about uh, high-speed rail and all the development that was going to go around there and having the high-speed connection between yes. Dallas and Houston? Do you think it's dead? Still working on it. You know, I, 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 it's, it's such a good idea, and it's, it helps so many people in, in Dallas and Houston and in between uh, that I can't imagine that it's going to go away. I think people just have to think about it a little bit differently and figure it out. Dale Petrosky is number one. He heads up the – he's president and CEO of the number one chamber in the United States of America, Dallas Regional Chamber. Again, congratulations, and thank you for the time. Thank you, Dave. Always great to be with you. Thanks. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.